0: Greetings, friends. This is Mike from Top Ten with Kyle and Mike. I'm joined here this week, surprise, surprise, by our old friend, Kyle. This week, just like every week, Kyle and I are going to be talking about a top ten list. And this week, it's Kyle's topic, so I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. But he's going to give us a topic. We're going to vigorously debate it. And by the end of the show, we're going to have a
1: definitive top ten list. So, k dog, what's the list this week? Okay, Mike, this is one of those lists that came about because i thought of one thing and then thought okay how can i put that thing on a list and then the rest of the list came from that yeah it's funny you mentioned that that was a
0: method you were employing and i've now decided that i might i might use that i really like the
1: idea yeah and you'll know as soon as i tell you the topic you will know what item it was (laughs) that spurred the list okay so the title of this episode will be Biggest Jerk Villains. Okay. Oh, but, boy. What, but what we're really doing here. <laughs> I, know is, who's, I do know who spurred this, yes. Yes. <laughs> what we're really doing here is the biggest dick villains. And by that, I don't mean which villains have the biggest penises. Yeah. I mean, which villains are just the biggest jerks. Yeah, that biggest... would be a
0: much shorter list to adjudicate because uh, I guess it depends on how you interpret. Is Dr. Manhattan a villain? If yes, Dr. Manhattan wins, because not only does he have a huge dong, he has an unlimited number of huge dongs. Um, But I guess on a related note, before we dive into this other topic that I suppose we'll be talking about, um, does Big Dick Richard from Magic Mike ever have any heel turn, or is he kind of a solidly good dude throughout?
1: So this is one of the criteria on this list, on this list. The person in question must at some point exhibit some kind of evil. Mm-hmm. So, like, for example, Big Dick Rich is a good example of a guy who, even if he's not the greatest guy, has never doesn't do anything in the film that's yeah. really evil. Some true. other examples that would not be eligible for this list for the same reasons are Derek from Step Brothers, who is a colossal prick. That's but, true. But doesn't really do anything evil.
0: Interesting. He's borderline because we're meant to identify with uh Dale and Brennan. And he I, I want to punch him in the face. Ex- exactly. We can t- we can talk about it. I just don't think Also he- of note, he probably has a huge penis because probably. he does make 950k as the executive <laughs> VP or the VP of the largest executive helicopter leasing company on the West
1: Coast. That is true. Speaking of guys with likely very large penises, the other guy in this category I had was Idris Elba's character in The Office, oh, Charles. God. That's a great example, yes. He's a villain to Michael, but he's a really nice guy, and he's he's just trying to run the, the business properly. Oh, I actually think that he, even though Michael really dislikes him, I think he's also just in general kind of a dick, like especially the really. Gym. He's really mean to Jim for no reason.
0: But if you're being, if you're putting yourself in his shoes, it's understandable that he thinks Jim is worthy of his scorn. He wears the tuxedo the first time he meets him. That's true. He's always pranking Dwight. He do, he really doesn't seem to be working very hard. Like I can understand how, if you
1: didn't have this embedded love of Jim in, you're like, who is this guy? That's true. But he also like flexes really hard in office, like casual soccer and yes, is gen- and also at the company picnic volleyball game. He's just kind of a dick. This um, is true. Can I wait? I just want to interject
0: because one of my favorite things that the Office does really well, um, as one of the first shows to really do this sort of the the interview style, is I love when they do jokes where they don't give you the question, but they give you an answer that tells you the question is. And Hayes is one of the best. He does the. Um, Yes, I am aware of the effect that I have on women. It's yes. just, it's so perfect. My favorite, for those of you who love The Office, is the Kelly joke where uh, she talks about <laughs> feuds. And she says, but seriously, if I'm thinking, if I'm really thinking about it, Elsie, Heidi has, Heidi's a bad friend and she has terrible skin. It's like <laughs> the, be, it's like one of the best quotes in that whole show. It's, we've kind of gone far afield. Uh, Charles, not,
1: not. Not totally evil, but not a, not a lovely guy. Right. And so the <laughs> the other end of that spectrum is that if you're really evil, but not that much of a... Not really a dick, per se. Mm-hmm. Two examples I have on here are Darth Vader, who yeah. isn't really a dick, um, no. and, and Voldemort. He's just evil. He's not really a, a yes, dick. Yes. Pure, purely evil. Just the embodiment of evil itself. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, it's important to define, then, what is a dick? And... My definition of a dick, you know one when you see one. That, that is, that is true. <laughs> that is true. I, it's There's a fine line. Like, you can be a jerk, and you can be a dick. And all the guys, and I didn't intend to do this, but literally every single one of the characters on this list, and all of my honorable mentions, every single one of them is male. So I guess, like... Part of the definition is that you have to be a guy to be a, a real dick. Interesting. I, I think I,
0: you're generally right. I don't think you're a hundred. It's a hundred percent, but it's generally it's a it's a solid
1: rule. I didn't I didn't go into this thinking that that was thinking that at all. And then yeah. when I got done putting this list together, I was like, holy shit, these are literally every single one of them is a guy. So yeah, there's that. But anyways, we've done enough discussing what a dick is. Let's talk yes. about the the biggest dick villains. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Number 10 is a bit obscure. Um <laughs> <one> of, <laughs> I know. I, I If it's obscure, I've got some ideas. <laughs> Number 10 is John Fitzgerald from The Revenant. Oh! Tom Hardy's character. If you haven't okay. seen The Revenant, just to fill you in on why he's such a dick yeah. and why he's a villain, mm. he's put in charge of looking after Leonardo after he has been mauled by a bear. Yes. And so his job is basically to let the rest of his... Companions escape and run away from some Native Americans who are chasing them. And he just has to stay with Leo until he dies and keep him comfortable and then bury him and then catch up with the rest of the crew. Instead, he murders his son and leaves Leo for dead. Yes, in plain sight of Leo, who is quite incapacitated at the time. Right. And then he tells all the guys that he did what he was supposed to do and pockets a lot of money. Mm -hmm. So that is an evil thing to do. It's also makes him a colossal prick. (laughs) He's just, just, just a dick. Like to say something like that and then like, wait a day and then decide like, nah, I'm not going to do that. And, uh, he's the reason he's number 10 is because he's really, if you just said John Fitzgerald, I'm sure no one would know who we were talking about. And we have a particular attachment to this character because we think Tom Hardy is so amazing. Yeah. Well, that's the interesting thing about him is he sort of
0: divides his, his negative attention pretty evenly between two groups. One is the Hugh Glass character. So Leonardo DiCaprio, he gets about half of his negative attention. The other half is Native Americans, uh, just kind of writ large. And what's interesting is in the case of his, his actions against Native Americans, he's not being a dick he's being like misguided and evil and he gives this incredibly terrifying little speech about native americans who he calls by a very different name um and has just this uh, this look in his eyes that you you can't reckon with until you've seen it um and so i think that's a really that's a good that's a good way of thinking about it you're right his actions kind of generally speaking are more evil-ish but the way he behaves towards leo is
1: just he's just a dick he's just a dick and that is like yeah. the biggest metric for me on this one is if you think about this that character, you know, yeah and you think god what a dick you know what i mean yeah because because his little because little speech about native americans you can at
0: least talk me into the trauma that led him to his actions sure misguided as they are i'm like oh geez this is a this is a tough tale There's no good reason. There's nothing... There's no discussion to be had about what he did to Leo.
1: So... Just being a dick. That's number 10. He's a dick. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Number nine... You will have no idea who this is. Number nine... Okay, all right, shot's fired. Number... I don't think... You never watched Lost, right? No. So number nine is a character from Lost. The character is Sawyer. Not Mm -hmm. to be confused with... I believe his actual name is James, like the main character on the show that was on the plane that calls himself Sawyer. Oh, after his boy. after the man who tricked his mom and dad and there's a long there's a very long backstory. But there's this character named Sawyer who's just understood to be a con man. And in flashback you find out that after never knowing his son, he reaches out to him. And his son is another character on the show that was on the plane, John Locke. And he reaches out to him and says, "Hey, I'm your long lost dad. Like, do you want to come to my house and we can go hunt pheasants?" Mm-hmm. And John like desperately needs a father figure, and so they get along and they hit it off really well. And it's very sweet, and very nice. And accidentally, John walks into his dad's room while he's receiving uh, dialysis, or mm-hmm. as my grandfather calls it, dialysis. I and like that. so he like sneakily allows John to find out that he needs a replacement kidney. Oh no. He offers oh. up the kidney. He takes the kidney. They go under together holding hands. He's so happy to be helping his newfound dad. He wakes up from the procedure. The bed next to him is completely empty and his dad just completely stonewalls him. Now that he's got his kidney, he's out. Um and it causes John to go into a really serious spiral. <laughs> What a dick! And it ruins a lot of John's future relationships as well. And later he's forced to reckon with it on the island. His dad, Sawyer, shows up again. It's it's actually a really cool plot line, but Sawyer, that's not his real name, that's his con man name, mm-hmm. he is a colossal dick. Like, wow. He went through all the trouble of befriending and being a father figure to John, and then... It's seemingly unnecessarily just tosses him aside like a piece of trash, which is evil. It's an evil thing to do to toy with someone like that, yeah. and it's just unnecessarily dickish. And so, I I wanted to throw him on here. He's low because it really only losties will appreciate this one.
0: Well, I feel like you're getting it. I feel like what you're saying about how unnecessary it is. Clearly the fact that the the Locke character buys into this so wholly and is willing to give him the kidney tells you he probably could have just said like, "Hey son, here's the sitch. You yeah. know I haven't been much of a pops to you. I need a kidney.
1: Help brother out." Like And John Locke is a good enough good enough natured person that he probably would have done it. You're right. He was unnecessarily cruel to make him care for him so much. And then yeah. again, dump him like a, a piece of one kidney trash. So yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's kind of a brutal storyline. And I think Sawyer's is a big old dick. He also, the other guy I was telling you about, he like tricks this woman into getting her husband to invest in one of his business schemes while sleeping with her. And it causes the father to, to lose it a little bit. And, uh, the old murder suicide later, there's a, a kid with no parents, and he also ends up on the island, and so like they figure it out later that they've both been conned by the same guy. He's a real mm. dick. Anyways, that's number nine. Number eight is a character who I think straddles the line because he's kind of a dick. He's also just kind of a brat. Number eight mm. is Kylo Ren. Interesting. Mostly not so much in the Last Jedi. A little bit in The Last Jedi towards the end. <laughs> but especially in Force Awakens, he's just kind of rude to all the people that surround him, like poor General Hux yeah. and various minions that do his bidding. And, and don't old- even wear their name tags. No, and the old guy at the beginning of Force Awakens, he just like very casually dismisses.
0: Yeah, that was, uh, that was the priest. That was Max von Sydow, right? That was the That's priest right. from uh, uh, The Exorcist slash... That's Brendan Rivers, too, right?
1: The Three-Eyed Raven. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Very dismissive, kind of a dick. He raids that village, and he gets the, um, the, or he, he doesn't find, he's looking for the map to Luke. He doesn't get it. On his way out, seemingly for no reason, he orders his stormtroopers to kill an entire village of innocent people. Didn't understand that move. I think it's just because he's a dick. Yeah. And I guess he's covering his tracks. It seemed very unnecessary. He goes around with his lightsaber. He smashes things when he's in a bad mood. And the biggest thing is if you've ever seen the SNL skit where he's on undercover boss. Yeah. He pretends to be Matt, the radar tech. (laughs) And (laughs) one of the guys is like, Matt's a dick. (laughs) So I I heard Kylo Ren has an eight pack. My friend saw him in the shower with his shirt off. (laughs) So that's my argument for Kylo Ren. He's kind of a dick. Yeah,
0: I'm with you. I I, I think I'll be interested to see where the rest of this list goes because he could he could end up kind of moving up or totally off the list. I have to get a I
1: have to get a better feel for the list. Sure. Sure. Exactly. That brings us to number seven. <laughs> number seven is a villain that we both really love
0: i was gonna say this so there are two villains that you and i really love who have to be on this list i have a strong sense of which one would be lower on the list purely because literally nobody listening is gonna know who it is yes the other one people will know but say like oh boy all right that shouldn't have been number like three where you're probably gonna rank him so number seven can i tell the audience who this has to be
1: yes is this Mysterio? It is Mysterio, also known as Mysterioso. <laughs> so, for all of you who aren't avid Spider-Man fans, Mysterio, his backstory is, yeah. is a... backstory. He's a special effects artist. He works in Hollywood, and due to his controversy, or um, what's the word? combative nature oftentimes butts heads with directors and actors and ends up losing his job uh for being kind of a dick and (laughs) turns to a life of crime using his experience in special (laughs) effects (laughs) (laughs) so he wears this like green suit and this purple cape and what yeah there's like
0: like a picture of big collar
1: Yeah, it's like a huge collar, and then imagine, like, a snow globe filled with smoke, (laughs) like, where his head should be. (laughs) He calls himself Mysterio, (laughs) and he robs banks using sleight-of-hand and special effects trickery, and hates Spider-Man for foiling him, obviously. And also, it's worth noting that his real name is Quentin Beck, which is a very dickish name.
0: Yeah, he's, he's like, he's like that douchey guy from Long Island at like a, a bake, who like won't stop telling you about his family. He's like Andy from The Office sometimes. He's like, you know, when he goes fishing off a Montauk, he's like, I sniped a, sniped a shark from the crow's nest. Like that's what a guy named Quentin Beck would tell you about it, like a, at a
1: party. Exactly. And it's worth noting that like his motivation is not, it is to get rich but it's more he does it like with a chip on his shoulder because he believes that rightfully so people yes. have cheated him out of what is rightfully like a successful career and that people have conspired against him to quell his talent and they're just jealous and this is his way of proving his talent and skill and worth and he's just a colossal dick yeah. and in a lot of in a lot of his arcs Really, it's not even about the money. It's at this point just proving that he's worthy and is smarter than Spider-Man. Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio, aka the reason we call him Mysterioso is because I we it was like some dumb thing online. It was just a typo. It was like a a profile of whatever Spider-Man villains could come up in like the next movies or whatever. And someone mistakenly said Mysterioso, like made
0: a very innocent mistake, and we've really latched onto it.
1: I just think it's way funnier. Yes.
0: Yo soy Mysterioso. <laughs> so But for all of you out there who don't have any idea who this is,
1: do a little research. Please Google. You might find you might find something you'll enjoy. Yes, at least get, at least Google Images. Google Image Mysterio, because he's it's worth just looking at him. You yeah. can tell by his costume like this guy's a prick. Yes, absolutely. So uh that brings us through seven, which means that it's time for the not top three. Mm-hmm. So then I picked three villains here that are, by all accounts, very pleasant individuals. Mm -hmm. Indisputably evil. Yes. But just in general, pretty pleasant. Not a dick. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three is Hannibal Lecter.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a really good point. He kind of has a compulsion. Yeah, he's sick. Now, don't get me wrong. My (laughs) mom—it's funny. My mom and dad and I actually had a sim, like, sort of a related conversation, which we needn't get too far into. But we were talking about uh, criminality and how it's a really difficult thing to interpret. Where I I forget what somebody had done, but it was like one of us said, "Oh man, that's just sick," and that sent us down this spiral where you're like, "Oh man, well, is all crime just mental illness?" is is all crime evil what's what's the reality obviously it falls somewhere in between but it's a really hard thing to say and i feel like that plays into sort of this list and as a character our interpretation of who's dick who's evil it's kind of like how necessary does this feel to this person's
1: psychology yeah and 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 in the case of hannibal lecter it feels utterly necessary yeah it's like he has to do it despite his Despite his intellect and dis- you know what I mean, because yeah, he's really civil towards Jodie Foster's character. Rather, he doesn't he doesn't eat their liver with like you know some crappy Coors Light. It's it's a nice Chianti, yeah, and some fava beans. Yeah, he does also remove a man's face, and that put is on his also own. true. That is that is a fact. So definitely evil, but really quite a civil villain. Yeah. Number two is probably my favorite villain of all time. Number two is Hans Gruber of Die Hard. You do love Hans Gruber. (laughs) Hans Gruber very politely tells everyone in Nakatomi Plaza that this can go exactly how they want it to. Doesn't have to end in bloodbath. Mm. Really, they're not terrorists. They're just exceptional thieves. They're very polished. They're very slick, as Bruce Willis will tell you. He loses it a little bit towards the end when he starts to get very frustrated, but oftentimes our interaction with Hans is very pleasant discourse over a walkie-talkie, discussing the proceedings of the evening, and uh, I just really like him. I think he's a very well-put-together villain. And, yeah. And for the most part, quite civil. Mm-hmm. And number one, uh, you know him well, is Rachel Ghoul. Ah... Uh. Yes, detective. Exactly. He refers to Batman as detective. Yeah. He's, at least he believes his cause to be very noble. He lays out his plan in very easily followable logic. He extends Batman the honor of being a member of the League of Shadows. Mm-hmm. He wears nice clothing. Yep. He doesn't call people mean names. He's just a pretty civil guy.
0: Yes, he also now I have to look up some timelines here because I know that the sort of the Malthusian ethos that that Thanos espouses is not unique to him, obviously, it's Mr. Malthus's idea here, but I wonder in the world of comic books who originates this kind of notion because our friend Rachel Ghoul has been espousing this. Far longer than than I don't know what pronunciation I'm settling on Thanos than he has. So whatever courtesy we extend Thanos in sort of saying, well, you know, that idea of his a little bit like we have to extend that extra to our friend Ray al Ghul because he has the same idea, but executes it in a much more sort of targeted and limited way. So he doesn't—he doesn't believe in this like massive fifty-fifty call. Instead, he believes like, okay, look, the, you see the, the branches have grown up a little bit too much over there. Okay, snip, snip. Like,
1: he, let's use economics believes, as a weapon. Exactly, he believes in a forest fire, right? Whereas Thanos arbitrarily decides half should do it, regardless. Yeah, like of- get
0: rid of half of the trees. Rachel al- Ghul says that that little. Thicket over there is a little overgrown. Let's burn some of it.
1: All right, that's fine. That's good. Just so everyone's caught up, Ra's al Ghul is a Batman villain who um, appears in Batman Begins and then again briefly in The Dark Knight Rises. And
0: if you're still confused, when he appears in Batman Begins and The Dark Knight Rises, he is referred to erroneously, utterly erroneously as
1: Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. So we don't accept that as canon on this pod. No, certainly not. And I actually had as an honorable mention not top three Thanos or Thanos. They actually say yeah. it both ways in the movie.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit confusing for me. Uh yeah. Thanos is my inclination, but everybody seems to be sticking with the the more like Midwestern Thanos.
1: I hear I hear about fifty fifty. I I particularly yeah. like Thanos. But um yeah. yeah, his He didn't think his plan all the way through, but in general he's pretty civil and he like doesn't pick which fifty fifty are going to die? He's pretty no. There. Which he- that would have marked him out as a dick. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. So.
0: Interesting. I've got a, a I got one that just keeps sneaking to the front of my mind here. He represents a type, and this is kind of a, an example of movie cheating. One of those would be the uh, the what's um, Ben Affleck's character, whose name I'm I'm forgetting here, in um, the town. Where the the type is guy who does really bad things should likely be considered a villain, but whose evil deeds are not considered all that heavily by the film in which he is. Doug, right? His name is Doug. Doug McRae. Dougie McRae. Yeah. yeah, he's Dougie McRae. So, like, this is a pretty common type. Yeah, he is absolutely not a dick at all because the movie doesn't force us to confront like his his ill deeds at all. Right. But man, he he's a villain. He he's shooting at a lot of people. Well, oh, he's definitely at least a little bit evil. Yeah. And yet I like him because the movie
1: doesn't make me do anything but not, you know. Yeah, the just... the likable villain is a, is a good type because they are probably a dick, but you're you're right. Like if the movie wants us to like him, we're not really going to explore yep. that too far. Exactly. That's a I like that a lot. Mhm. Did you have any other not top three?
0: No, that was the one that just kind of really stuck in my head as we're talking about this. Okay. Nathan Drake. There, there's a there's a long man. Whew. Nate Drake. Nate he's Drake Master. Mass murderer. Murderer. Yeah, he and is. He's also a, he, kind he, of evil.
1: Yeah, no, he's absolutely evil. <laughs> I guess he doesn't fit the list. So I guess another criteria then is that you need to be a villain because he's clearly yeah. the protagonist and not the antagonist. Correct. I just don't I don't want to put him on the list. <laughs> no. No, he he has to appear on some list, but yeah. we'll, we'll work on that. <laughs> okay, so that was 10 through 7, and then not top mm-hmm. 3. I think yep. we should continue from last time and do our recap only once in the middle, so I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Number 6 is General or Colonel? Captain? I don't remember his specific rank. It's Hans Landa of Inglorious Bastards. Oh, whew, okay insanely evil like probably the most evil person on this list but also a dick because he toys with his victims in really sinister and dickish ways in the opening scene of that movie he has a very long conversation only to scare the people that he knows are hiding below the floorboards just beneath him Mm -hmm. and then as a total dick move he says in a language they understand that he is going to go on his merry way and tricks them into believing they're going to be fine before having them murdered. Also later in the movie, he very obviously toys with someone that he knows is terrified of him. Um, I can't remember her name, but in the restaurant, Shoshana. Yeah. Very clearly toys with her, with the cream, uh, -uh, wait for the cream. And (sighs) even later in the film, he Knows very obviously that there are some imposters in his midst at the premiere of, um, uh the the hero of a nation or whatever that movie yeah is. whatever they called it and he starts speaking Italian knowing full well that none of them speak Italian he's again is, It makes for a kind of a funny scene <laughs> very funny very funny <laughs> indisputably evil character yeah and I think indisputably a colossal dick.
0: He's a really interesting example because he proves how fully these two qualities can coexist because as you said, he's unquestionably the most evil character on this, but he's also just a prick (laughs) and he could have, he could have been one without the other. Right. But is both. And so much of, because
1: you've seen, you've seen this character without the dick qualities yes in a lot of movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you and i and there are a lot of cases of a guy that's a dick and toys with his food like he does that isn't nearly as evil as he is too
0: well and the thing is even within that movie there are plenty of characters who are far more evil up the high command who are far more evil but they're not dicks they're just these slot they're portrayed in the movie especially as just slobbering idiots who just want more and more and more and are evil but that's not him. He has this weird other set of things he's trying to get, which is just messed up. He's a dick. Yeah, yeah. Well, I I think he's 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 an in, he's a really interesting case because he really he begs the question of kind of what what
1: terms we're using, and I, I think he's he's well placed. Excellent. So with that, I'll recap quickly our ten through six. Mm-hmm. Number ten was John Fitzgerald of the Revenant. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Sawyer from Lost. Number eight, Kylo Ren. Number seven, Mysterio, Mysterioso. <laughs> Number six, I think it's Colonel, Colonel Hans Landa of Inglorious. Yeah, Bastards. I mean, it's,
0: I think he's Obersturmfuhrer or something. He, he's a <laughs> German
1: rank. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Number five, another Batman villain. <laughs> Still not the one that you're thinking of. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Number five is Bane from the Dark Knight Rises. I was going to say, okay, I was going to say, which Bane are we talking about? It has to be, well, it, it, it should be from Dark Knight Rises because only in Dark Knight Rises in the comics this happens too, but Bane, rather than killing Batman, after he proves his superiority in extremely convincing fashion... Which is a major goal of his. Yes. He breaks his body, snaps his back over his knee, and he could have just left it there. But instead, he insists on breaking his spirit as well. Mm-hmm. And he forces him into this hole in the middle of the desert and makes him watch as he destroys Gotham. Really, really unnecessary. <laughs> to no to no obvious benefit of his own in fact it ultimately leads to his demise ultimately as, yes as villains are wont to do yeah the fact that he had already very convincingly proven his pr- superiority to batman mm-hmm. it was really really extra to to put him in that hole and make him watch i yeah think. totally so and <laughs> right before we got on this pod we were talking about <laughs> watching dark knight rides on tv and bane and it's because the rest of the movie i think i actually would argue that he's closer to the not top three because he very civilly kind of robs the stock exchange and kind of politely argues his points in a lot of cases but in this particular case he's being a big old dick
0: well that so that actually begs another question that i've been curious about here is it's tough because some of these characters that i would be kind of inclined to think about get too much of a redemptive turn where not only do they turn to good but you then get a like really solid explanation of why they were doing bad Mm. he's an interesting case i as far as this goes so much of his so much of his work in this movie is determined by his his love for talia al ghul that it's hard to attribute that much of it to being a dick but Mm -hmm. yes this one act is just an act of supreme dickishness
1: yeah it's very egocentric and kind of separate from the rest of his motivations yeah kind of odd actually the more you think about it It doesn't really
0: fit with the way he's characterized in the movie Uh, just kind of as going down a side road here i like him being characterized as the guy who would just kill batman and deposit him in a in a gutter somewhere right more than him as the guy who would break his back and then
1: just leave him to screw with him because if he really believes he's that much more superior to batman really it makes sense that he would just kind of casually discard him but he's paying batman kind of an undue amount of respect by forcing him to be humiliated in such a fashion. Yeah, it's interesting, but anyways, yeah, there's a lot to five. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> number four, <laughs> these guys are silly, but their their villainy is not. It's probably they're probably the least evil people on this list, I would say. Mm-hmm. But they the 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 way they go about their business is so dickish that I had to put them high. Number four are Marv and Harry, a.k.a. the Wet Bandits from Home Alone. (laughs) Because, if you remember correctly, these guys go around robbing people's homes while they're on vacation, which is fine. That's what burglars do. It's a good... It's a smart time. Yep. They go, and they take stuff, and they leave. Or that's what they should do, anyways. Marv has this weird habit of clogging up these poor people's sinks and turning the water on before leaving and flooding their homes what could he possibly get out of that besides just being a total dick and really it's just marv because harry says to him like what are you doing marv why are you doing that we're the wet bandits like literally his only motivation (laughs) is just because he wants to exemplify this stupid nickname the wet bandit like You've done these people enough harm by breaking into their homes and shattering their sense of security and stealing a bunch of their stuff. What good does it do you to flood their homes as you leave? It's just a really big dick move. In a, so I want to get back to
0: uh, Home Alone in a second, but the, in a really <laughs> in a much darker way, this reminds me of a of a character from True Detective. If <sighs> you recall, there's somebody who has a similar problem. I don't remember. He, remember, he breaks into homes and.
1: Um, Oh yeah, yeah. okay. Yes. (laughs) Sort of a similar compulsion.
0: Uh. (laughs) Somewhat similar compulsion. Um at (laughs) any rate, yes, I agree. I'm with you. Because see, that's see that I think is what we're we're, (laughs) we basically have to make a snap judgment on all of these people when a person behaves in a way not just that isn't consistent with what we would do. But with that isn't consistent with something we understand, like, I I don't understand the compulsion to just mess with somebody's house just to mess with somebody's house. And so you're kind of forced as a viewer and as a human to sort them like, is this person kind of a crazy dick? Or are they insane
1: and evil? Like what, which way am I kind of sorting this person a little bit? I think it's important to note that if this was a real thing, if there was a, a cat burglar who flooded people's homes on his way out of them. I would say this person is maybe not a dick. This person is sick in some kind of Compulsive way. in some way. Yeah. yeah. But given the way that they're portrayed in this movie as kind of aloof, kind of idiotic stooges, mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say that he's just a dick. Yeah. I'm with you. Like if Marv was real, he probably doesn't make this list, but because of the way he's portrayed in the movie, I think it's fair to say that he's just a big dick and I'm glad it comes back to get him because uh, now, thanks to his little stunt, they know each and every house that he's hit. Yeah, I'm with the you. the cop tells him at the end. And mm-hmm. then they end up bailing on that particular stratagem in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York when they become the Sticky Bandits. <laughs> which is one of my favorite from jokes from that movie. He's got I like, like that. He's got the sticky glove and he like goes by the, the guy with like the, you know, the Santa Clauses that collect change and yeah. he sticks his hand in his bucket. And then like when he pulls it out, it's covered in coins or <laughs> the sticky bandits now. <laughs> it's interesting. I think they might've called the guy from true detective that too. Ugh, different kind of sticky. <laughs> Number three, number three, my lord.
0: <laughs> three,
1: my lord. Number three, <laughs> Lord Farquaad. <laughs> no, he's an honorable <laughs> mention though. Um, <laughs> number three is <laughs> Mr. Lucius Malfoy of the Harry Potter series. Yeah, I was, I was very much hoping a Malfoy would make this and was interested to know which one you would choose. So the reason I didn't go with Draco is mm-hmm. because Due to his age, Draco is just kind of a, a brat and a bully mm-hmm. to me. And he's also not quite evil enough because, especially towards the end, he really grapples with it. Like, as soon as he starts to be asked to start doing some really evil things. That's a good point. That See, that's the, that's sort of the issue that I was getting at is early on we can purely
0: hate him. Later on we kind of see... We get too much of him to to think ugh. of him as
1: like evil. He becomes a little too sympathetic. Yeah, and Lucius Malfoy, however, yeah, he's just a dick. Like, there's really no reason yeah. that he has to be so god awful to the Weasleys. No, a oh, secondhand book must be a well. Weasley. You
0: remember I, one of his biggest dick lines is when they're at the uh, when they're at the Quidditch World Cup, and he says, "If it rains, you'll be the first to know." And it's like,
1: ugh. What an elitist asshole thing to say. Horribly dickish. I say that every single time we go to any event, because usually we're in the cheapos up near mm-hmm. the top, and I always say that, even if it's a Blackhawks game and it's very much indoors. indoors yeah, generally. Allegius does not think it's funny. Oh, oh I do. That I'm has in. never prevented me from saying it. No, I'm but not yeah, he's, to hear that. He's just mean. He's, really, he's mean to Dobby, which is a cardinal sin. Can't be doing that. Don't do Uh, that. S-P-E-W will come and get you. That's right. Speaking of spew, he's really, really mean to Hermione, which you can't be mean to Hermione. No, no. Regardless of the consistency of her blood. So, anyone that's read Harry Potter, I don't think we have to say much more. Lucius Malfoy is just the worst. And, like, towards the end, he is redeemed somewhat, I guess when he starts to like kind of think twice about how evil he's being yeah but I don't know I don't feel a whole lot well
0: well it's definitely it's definitely a JK Rowling gesture towards I mean it's it's very obvious this is a this is all a, a large sort of Nazi metaphor yeah and I think it's her gesture at trying to understand the gradations of evil and I think it's really important he he's an important character for her because it's really simple, and I think I've heard people do it, uh, to read her books and group people into good and evil, you know, Death Eater yeah. or not. But that is specifically said. The world doesn't split into Death Eaters and everybody else. That's true. And she doesn't do that very intentionally. And Lucius Malfoy is a really interesting case because he's he's testing us as readers – to make sure we understand how blurry that line is between good and evil. And obviously in a historical sense, that's a very important lesson to learn. And he's, and he's interesting because she's kind of, she's testing you on both ends. She's testing you to say a person who is evil can be worthy of sympathy and a person who is worthy of sympathy can still be an irredeemable asshole who you hate
1: and you kind of have to learn to live with that tension yeah it's a very important lesson to learn people people aren't cast in one side or the other and yeah uh, yeah but i think <laughs> beautifully put i think he's still a dick but yeah it's crucial that he still
0: be a dick because we have to learn right we have to judge him kind
1: of holistically That that's tough absolutely yeah number two number two (laughs) not many (laughs) not many people are gonna know who this guy is because this is kind of a cult movie that he's from number two is caster troy from face off oh my god i forgot i was not even thinking of him Yeah. Caster Troy. For everyone who hasn't seen Face Off, the basic premise of this movie is that <laughs> John Travolta is an FBI agent who, for a very long time, has been chasing this terrorist named Caster Troy, portrayed by Nick Cage. Finally, catches him, and then, in an attempt to extract some information from his brother, they remove Caster Troy's face and put it on John Travolta's face. Yeah. So that it seamlessly. Looks like it. Seamlessly. And yeah. then through some shenanigans Caster Troy ends up getting John Travolta's character's face on his so they essentially switch faces and voices and bodies. It's it's all it doesn't make any sense.
0: It's explained they get they have it's, reasons Only
1: barely. Yes. What makes Caster Troy such a dick of a villain? First of all, he's kind of a dick even before they switch faces. Yeah. <laughs> but he then impersonates John Travolta and I'll I'll just say that He and John Travolta's wife live as man and wife. Yeah,
0: it's a weird, it's a very strange element of the story that does not age well. So that's, so this is a conversation that we had before our friends at The Ringer had this conversation. I think that they voted, they have a, they have a topic that they do sometimes on this podcast where they talk about what aged the worst. And I think it was pretty unanimous that this portion of the movie aged the worst. A conversation that we had separately several weeks before that um yeah did not age well but that aside yeah that because that's that falls much more into the they were probably trying to make him look like a dick in the 90s now he just looks evil right so our interpretation of that is is different it's important that we live sort of in the era of the film and the film is trying to use that as as a means of showing he's a dick Right, exactly. Which is and very does, effectively conveyed throughout and the rest of He does other the things movie. that
1: now still are just dickish like the way he interacts with his daughter is very dickish and well the
0: gun remember he has so so there's (laughs) (laughs) this exceptionally drawn out scene at the beginning of the movie where he shoots some lady for no reason really uh (laughs) there's a chase he's in a private plane and and there's people shooting stuff and oh
1: and he licks that lady on the face for oh i forgot
0: about that yes he licks that lady which was really weird But then his friend presents him, like, it's like King Arthur getting Excalibur, but really it's just him getting this weird box that has, if I, uh, let me, let me try to remember and you tell me, it has like a gold-plated desert eagle, I think a bong or a, or a joint, a bunch of weed, there's some pills, there's something sex,
1: there's something sex-related, it's just a weird assortment of things, and then and then yes, there's like some rock candy. The way he acts, he's very pompous and very out there, kind of like Nick Cage did a lot at the, in this yes. time in his career, which which means he kind of straddles a line. He's he edges very close to just being an ass. Yeah, but I think it's fair to say that he's a dick. Oh,
0: totally. There, there's no question about that. His name is Caster Troy. So. He kind of runs into some of the issues of the Quentin Beck's of the world. Yes.
1: And he is a terrorist, so he's certainly evil. Yes, no question about it. So, that's Castor Troy. If you haven't seen Face Off, I'm not going to universally recommend it. <laughs> I would recommend it if you're looking for a very overdone, silly, fun action movie. With the understanding that some aspects of it haven't aged particularly yeah, if
0: you've Yeah, if you've got a bunch of popcorn and a bunch of beer
1: or a bunch of soda, whatever whatever is your beverage of choice. Say, for example, you had gathered some yeah. of your closest friends for a, a weekend specifically dedicated to watching movies, this might be a good one to pop in. It would be a great pick, sort of a palate cleanser. Absolutely. After you had watched yeah. something a little more serious, like Brick, perhaps. Oh, God. it <laughs> was so dark. And not as good as we any of us expected. <laughs> no. Anyways... Yeah. I'm sure you know who number one is by now. I've
0: got a strong feeling I know who number one is, but why don't you
1: surprise me? Number one, he's among the least evil people on this list. Still evil. He's, he's barely evil at times. Yeah. But I think the biggest dick on the list, number one, another Batman villain, is the Riddler, a.k.a. Edward Nigma, a.k.a. E. Nigma. Yeah. E. Nygma, get it? Yep. First of all, calling yourself Edward Nigma is a really, really good head start. Yes, absolutely. His motivations, though, really cement the deal because literally the only reason that he's putting people in harm's way and jeopardizing the safety of innocent people is just literally to prove that he is superior intellectually to Batman. That is his only motivation, and he undoes himself every time compulsively by leaving clues that Batman can solve and find him. Like He could get away with all sorts of things, and he chooses not to because he wants Batman to know that he could have stopped him if he was just smart enough to figure out the clues, which he always does. The Riddler is, in my opinion, the biggest dick even though he's not the most evil or even close to the most evil on this list because those motivations are so ridiculous
0: no and what's interesting is i think so different characters who have been interpreted many different ways in in different media they often get different defining qualities depending on you know the medium that that they're being translated to the Riddler has appeared in several movies. He's appeared in animated television shows, video games. And very importantly, that's been an, a big addition to his, his work mm-hmm. recently. Comic books. Every single interpretation agrees pretty much exactly on who and what he is because his essence, his
1: essence <laughs> is so pure. There aren't like tons of interpretations of the Riddler. No. Like, <laughs> like there are various versions of, bane or the green goblin or general Mm -hmm. zod
0: you know even the joker there are some there's some relative flexibility around kind of what his he's all about there's only
1: so much you can do with the riddler because his motivations are so base and so dickish yeah that he's he his motivation is in a dickish way to show he's smarter than batman that's that's kind of it That's it, and in doing so, he oftentimes puts people into harm's way that really don't deserve to be, and that's where the evil comes in. Absolutely, he. I really loved the work
0: that they did on uh, the Arkham games with the Riddler. I don't know whose voice that is, but that voice of the Riddler was outstanding. Because, so for the listeners, there's a, a significant sort of sub portion of this game. Is solving riddles that the Riddler has set to you, and each of the riddles is read in the riddler's voice, which is very enjoyable. Um, it's a really fun part of the game. It's really fun. Yeah, and the riddles are all just dickish. They're like these kind of dumb puns. They're barbs, you know, like Yeah. And and they're just they're just being
1: a dick. No, there's really nothing else to it. He's a dick almost just for being a dick's sake. Yeah. So that's my number one. I'm going to roll into my honorable mentions if that's all right with you. Please do, sir. Okay, I've got a long list here. (laughs) I'm going to rattle through them pretty quickly here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mars from The Martian, because uh, Mark Watney actually says in his journal, Mars, you're a dick. I think after it blows up his potato farm. Yeah, that's a. I like that. Just a nod there. Um, I know you don't like this movie as much as I do. Uh, Captain America: Civil War. Literally, the villain in that movie. His only motivation is just to make Iron Man and Captain America fight each other. That's it. Mm. That's his- who's the villain in that one? His name is Byron Zemo. Oh, wait. Hmm. Is, that
0: the, is that the same one from Winter Soldier?
1: No, he's not in Winter Soldier. Okay, not Robert yeah. Redford's character. No, he's, who's
0: the who's the miniature the the guy who's really really small? He he was in uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. I
1: didn't see It doesn't that. matter. You yeah. keep going. It yeah. doesn't matter. He's the worst. And also from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Loki. He's just mischievous, mischievous. Not so yeah. much a, a dick, but, you know, the Prince of Mischief or God mm-hmm. of Mischief. <laughs> Montgomery C. Burns. Oh, wow, I like that pick. I like, my, yeah. <laughs> I like Mr. Yeah. Burns as a pick. This one is pretty much just for me and you. It's Mondego from... Um, Count of Monte Cristo. The Count of Monte Cristo. He not only fucks over his best friend and gets him yeah. thrown into jail for the rest of his life, but then goes and marries his girlfriend. That's a really good pick. That might need to contend. Yeah, that's just because n- literally no one knows who Mondego is. And anymore, anymore, every, every boy from, I don't know,
0: the mid 1800s till 1950 read that book.
1: Yeah, that's one of my favorite books ever same. also basically um loosely adapted in the Revenant. it's the same kind yeah. of theme you know are you can't you, you shouldn't play God and yeah uh so anyways Mondego I'm mm. gonna listen
0: to that I've been looking for uh, classics to listen
1: to again ooh, I might listen that'd to that be a really one. good one yeah uh David from alien uh, our our Prometheus and then Alien Covenant he's a dick. <laughs> Yeah, he <laughs> he's just mean. Yeah, um, I still not, don't know
0: why he does all that shit.
1: He's just a dick. Yeah, there's some other stuff besides that, but I, he's a dick. This yeah. guy is not really so evil. Dennis Feinstein from Parks and Rec. There, there is a there's a well to be dipped into there. <laughs> yep, Hal from 2001: A Space Odyssey, despite being a, a computer, a, cut he's of a dick. dick. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> really mean. Man, oh man, he's a dick. Jean Girard from Ricky Bobby, just because he forces him to say that he likes crepes or tries to. <laughs> That's a good pick. You taste of America. Yes, exactly. Ed Edward Rooney from <gasps> from Ferris Bueller. Yep. <laughs> Translation: Your ass is mine. Le jus sans fin. He's insufferable, but also yeah. not evil at all. Really. He's yeah. just an administrator. That's true. One of my favorites, <laughs> Swiper from Dora the Explorer. <laughs> that is a good
0: pick. Why does he do what he does?
1: He just wants to steal stuff and be a dick. That's yeah. it. That's his only motivation. And then I had the Armitages from Get Out because oh, they, they seem like they're really overdoing it. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. So
0: that that is a really fundamental point of all this is there are people as we discussed who do evil things which obviously what the armitages are doing is evil but they then execute in a dickish way like what they're doing is is this deeply evil thing they don't need
1: to play with their food like you said earlier i think there's like a a brief do you remember when he's in the chair and he's like talking to the guy that he's Mm -hmm. that's getting his eyes or whatever and he says from what i understand the process works better if the subject has an understanding of what's happening Mm. that maybe explains why he's talking to him on the screen it really doesn't explain no it doesn't explain the rest of it why she had to date him for like several months before like like as weird as it is to say like the brother in the beginning of the movie when he just like whacks that dude on the dome and throws him in his trunk that's obviously still super evil, but it's actually less dickish. Totally. It absolutely is. So, yeah, uh, I think I think that's a big... I mean, I do think,
0: just as a general matter, that's a big theme in that movie is sort of being true to who you are. And that's probably not the greatest sin of the Armitages. It, that's just what they do is their greatest sin. But pretending to be something other than what they are is is their other greatest sin and part of the reason that the brother... Doesn't go down as nearly as much of a dick as the Allison Williams character or the dad,
1: especially, especially the dad. Yeah, that was the end of my honorable mentions. But I just thought of a character. Yeah, hit me. That I think actually needs to be on this list in high. I can't believe I didn't include him initially. Uh, It's uh, Syndrome, my arch, your arch nemesis. Yeah, he was. Um, he was on the list of people I was thinking about. He simply must be on the list. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, we can we can come back to that. Who else did you have on yours? So
0: I've got a couple that I think should should really be on the list. I'm just going to run you through my people I've, I've written down as we're talking and then the ones that I, I want to really stump for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one is Leslie Chow uh, from The Hangover, um, <laughs> the Ken Jeong <laughs> character. He's just kind of a dick. There's really no reason for anything he does. He's just a dick um but a great character yes um dr bob kelso from oh. scrubs so i think i think kelso we should we should really consider now like all of the characters on scrubs he has his sort of redemptive arc where you learn more about his life and yada 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 his gay exactly. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> that's a great storyline still a complete dick that whole show uh, and, and likely worthy of consideration. Uh, I think Ryan Howard from The Office
1: Oof. is such a dick. But do you think he is a dick? Or do you think he is more closely described as a tool? Ugh. He's so many things at once. He's the
0: worst. <laughs> he really is the worst. Which I, re- I respect the hell out of BJ Novak for writing himself that way. Because as the head writer, he could have done anything. He
1: I think he understands that his face is so exquisitely punchable. Yes. And so therefore could not write himself any other way. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, one that I definitely has to be on this list
0: uh, is Steve Frizzelli from The Italian Job. He is, oh my god, such an exquisite asshole, (laughs) oh my god, he is the worst, so, so, for those of you who haven't seen The Italian Job, basically the premise is, there's this, as usual, band of thieves, there's the old guy who's on the one last job, of course, he gets killed, he gets killed by, yeah, right before retirement, he gets killed by this guy, Steve, who's played very, very capably by Edward Norton. (laughs) So he kills him, and but just before this, when all these guys are in the Alps talking about their big score and what they're going to do with it, they all say one thing. Like one of them is going to get a villa in the, I think somewhere is in the Spanish countryside, and he's going to have a room just for his shoes. One of them is going to have this Aston Martin Vanquish. One of them is going to have a speaker system so loud it'll blow a woman's clothes off. Like they all have, they all have very Useful. specific. Yeah, they all have a specific thing that they want. And they ask, Steve, what do you want? He goes, eh, I'll take one of each. And it's just... oh, ugh, It's such a douchey answer. He has no ambition of his own. He has nothing in his heart, no ambition, nobody he cares about, nothing. He just kind of wants to win. Oh. And so he, he kills this guy, he tries to kill all his friends, steals all their stuff, and then just acts like a douche. I think
1: ugh. this is gets bonus points because I can so totally believe that Ed Norton himself is actually a dick. Yeah. He's got incredibly dickish features. And he's, Agreed. And his, vo- his voice is just, like, he just sounds like a
0: dick. Except in Moonrise Kingdom, when he's keeping that log, it, one of the best scenes, like, in movie history. He's also in one.
1: Isle of Dogs, like, he voices, he's so great as a voice actor yeah. in that movie. And I'm Yeah, sure, he's great. I'm sure Ed Norton's a fantastic guy to hang out with,
0: but he... Yeah, I listened to a pod with him once, he was really likable. Yeah. But I, weird, definitely weird.
1: He would have to be yeah but in this case played to perfection steve Frizzelli, big D yeah for sure
0: so steve Frizzelli, i think needs to be on this list uh i think this one uh i think the fucking nihilists man yeah. i think the, the nihilists from the big lebowski ought to be on this list because by definition <laughs> they believe in nothing right it must be
1: exhausting
0: So, their whole thing is they believe in nothing, and yet they still, un, they throw a freaking (laughs) marm,
1: nice marmot man, (laughs)
0: nice marmot man. They throw a rodent in the bath while the dude is just smoking a J and just chilling out. Like, they are just dicks. They, they piss on his rug.
1: Like, there's no benefit to what they're doing. Well, to be fair, the Nihilists don't piss on his rug. Who pisses on his rug? Jackie Treehorn's guys piss on his rug. Oh, okay, true. But they throw, they throw the marmot in the tub. And they smash his table for no reason with that cricket paddle. Oh, you yeah, forgot about
0: the cricket paddle. Yeah, so it's just like, it's totally unnecessary because, so they think he's the Big Lebowski at first, so f- sure, okay, the breaking and entering is excusable. But, like, it's quickly obvious that he is not the Big Lebowski, and so there's no need to throw a marmot in his bathtub.
1: Well, you are I think you're still confusing it a little bit because they know that he's the dude. They just think that he has the money that the Big Lebowski actually gave him. They do? Don't they call him? They. It's, the, it's Jackie Treehorn's guys at the beginning that are like, where's the money, Lebowski? And then he has to explain mm. to them, like, do I look like I'm married, man? The toilet seat is uh, up. Ah,
0: okay, alright, I'm weakening my own argument with my poor memory.
1: The nihilists are trying to intimidate him with the marmot and smashing his table. <laughs> I completely agree with you. I think that they're dicks. <laughs> <laughs> We'll we'll just we'll have to debate about it because I I, I don't think they're quite maybe evil enough. They're just I mm. think they're, they they skew more towards just being dicks. But I I don't think there's any question that they are dicks. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, another one who
0: I think deserves serious consideration is Colonel Jessup from A Few Good Men. Ooh. Um. So Colonel Jessup is a grade A dick so he's so he's evil so he's evil uh even in the the film is trying to balance like some different possibilities of like is what he did good is what he did bad even with that consideration the movie makes it pretty clear that what he did is bad so basically yeah. he is the uh commanding officer on guantanamo bay military base uh in cuba and under his watch two or excuse me one young marine is killed by two marines who are ordered to give him a code red which is now a very not a mountain dew no not a mountain dew it's now a famous phrase um but at the time it, it was intended to be they're sort of supposed to mess with this guy and get him in line so he shapes up as a marine he ends up dying turns into a whole conspiracy it's the very famous you can't handle this truth scene So he's he's evil for the reasons that we've discussed. The movie does a nice job of debating whether that makes him evil. He's a dick because of the insanely demeaning way he speaks to Lieutenant Caffey this whole time. Also, and this is another thing that came up on our friends at The Ringer that i had noticed before and always found very out of place he has this weirdly anti-semitic moment yeah um where he's he says you lieutenant weinberg he's like asking who's gonna stand on the wall to defend like the basically the realms of men and he's like you lieutenant caffy and it's like kind of silly then and then like somehow he jumps up the ridiculousness 10 notches when he gets to lieutenant weinberg which just you can only chalk up to anti-semitism which is just weird He's just he's a he's a dick. He's a total dick and he's just always mean to Daniel Caffey for no reason. The best part of this movie to me is that Tom Cruise and I mean Tom Cruise in this situation, not Lieutenant Caffey, is able to out-dick the dick. So the way he gets the yeah. colonel to admit that he ordered the code red, "What are you goddamn right I did?" is by being so much of a dick that the, the original og dick can't help but rise to the to the bait, and it's just beautiful it's a brilliant strategy yeah all right i got two more uh that i also one of which i think warrants consideration one of which is just kind of fun uh councilman jeremy jam you just got jammed uh so he's <laughs> kind of fits with uh with our friend um The perfumier. There are several (laughs) people on parks and rec who are, who are kind of just dicks. Jeremy Jam is chief among them. Um, but last one that I I also think should be given some serious consideration, Chief Inspector Dreyfus. So (laughs) Chief Inspector Dreyfus is a dick throughout all of the Pink Panther films, but the Kevin Klein iteration is so mean. The whole setup is that he brings in Inspector Clouseau to fail at solving the murder of Yves Glouon so that he can then swoop in and take all the glory and win whatever the, the order of France or whatever it's called.
1: Yeah, he's been nominated six times. Yeah. He has never won. <laughs> no,
0: so he's just a
1: total dick. He is a dick. I think I have the same problem with him that I have with not the evil enough. Not evil enough. Mm. But Man, I hate him,
0: because he does, if it helps, if it helps his case, in the old movies, he does eventually
1: turn into, like, this crazy supervillain. That's true, and he's also a bit of a racist, uh, just by assuming that the Chinese did it. Oh, yeah! The poison is Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese the Chinese. The Chinese are Chinese. It may be too early to tell, but I think our killer is Chinese. <laughs> the Chinese are Chinese is a good line though. <laughs> the Chinese are Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> it's very succinctly put. I think someday, just for our own pleasure, we should do a top ten movies that we irrationally love, despite them having no real merits whatsoever. Yeah, that would be a fun one. Along
0: came Polly would have to figure high uh on that list for my family, though for our joint
1: list, Pink Panther probably stands on its own. Yeah, undoubtedly. <laughs> So we're at an hour 10, so let's yeah. <laughs> let's try to zip through this. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do some serious construction, because right off the top, I agree with you that Steve Frizzelli yes. needs to be on it. I think Syndrome needs to be on it. Yep. And I think Colonel Jessup. I think Colonel Jessup, too. If just to get Jack Nicholson on there once. Yeah, because he's he's very good at playing that sort of character. If I had to pick three on my list that were a little vulnerable, I would pick my bottom three, which... I think I think
0: they're right, yeah. I think that they're your bottom three for good reasons. You kind of had reservations
1: about each for different reasons, and I think that they're all fair. In retrospect, I think John Fitzgerald's motivations are very selfish, and he's definitely evil. I don't know how big of a dick he is. Sawyer, I think, is an... One of the biggest dicks on this list, like his actions are just so, so unnecessary, but I acknowledge that it's only relevant to lost fans. And I think that Kylo Ren leans more towards the brat kind of pouty side of things. And also he's, he's kind of on a bit of a hero arc too. And I think what ultimately are going to maybe look back on him as, as less of a dick, yeah, uh, he's got a lot of growing to do in episode nine. So if you're Agreed. cool with those three, I am too. I am. I think that's that's a good a good way to set it up. And I think of our three,
0: I think Steve Frizzelli probably, I think Steve Frizzelli syndrome and then Jessup is probably the order they land on the list. Probably. So we kind of have to figure out how
1: high we want to go with them. I Steve Frizzelli is such a dick, but yeah, syndrome is like. I think more evil than people give him credit for. Yes, he is quite evil. Like he steals their kid at the end. Like with the intention of just like saying, fuck you, because you ignored me as a ward when I was a kid. I am going to turn you. I'm your ward. I am your ward. (laughs) Incredible. I, uh, plus my love for that character. I would like to see him actually go higher than Steve Rizzelli, but I am not going to fight too hard. Well, he has more, he has more cachet. To be fair, certainly. Because if you tell me Steve Frizzelli, I probably need to be told that it's the guy from the Italian job, though he is a huge dick. But everyone knows Syndrome, your arch nemesis. Yeah, so that's true. We can talk about it. How -hmm. do you feel about the Riddler at number one? He's the reason I put this list together. Obviously, he doesn't represent the, the true number one for the peoples, but we've had a we've loved the Riddler for such a long time.
0: Yeah. We've been circling the Riddler for a while. Um, yes. And I I I do think he's the platonic ideal of the dickish villain. While he may not he may not check all the boxes, he is the purest form of what
1: this is. Let's keep the Riddler at number 1. Yeah. What do you think after that? I I, I kind of feel good. I think Bane should move down. Yeah. I think
0: Bane should Bane should fall on the list. But other than that, I'm I'm kinda comfortable. I, I I like I like where things are set up.
1: Okay. So where would you slot our new guys then? I would probably go
0: I'd probably go four five for Syndrome and Frizzelli And slide the wet bandits and bane down a ways. Yeah. I like that. So I think I think if we go Enigma 1, Castor Troy 2, Lucius Malfoy 3. Syndrome, let's go Syndrome 4. Syndrome 4. Steve Frizzelli 5. I think we then go. I think we then go. Hans Landa, Mysterio, Jessup.
1: And that puts the Wet Bandits at 10. Yeah. They are pretty silly. I'm super comfortable with Syndrome at 4. Yeah, me too. I, I would just like to reference that chilling line in that movie when he says. Yeah. And when I'm old and I've had my fun, I'll sell my inventions. And when everyone's super, no one will be.
0: <sighs> That's, that quote will appear many more times as long as we are making this pod, because it is one of the greatest lines in
1: the history of film. Yeah, for sure. And his motivations are pretty similar to Riddler in that a lot of his... He's very wrapped up in just proving to Mr. Incredible that he was worthy of his attention all this time. He tricks him yeah. into coming to that island and makes him fight those robots just to prove yeah. he's better than him. He almost ruins his marriage because of that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough gushing over Syndrome. I um. I think I agree with, with how we have it. So wait, you said, so then we had Syndrome, Steve Rizzelli, Hans Landa, yep. Mysterio... Oh, Jessup! Right, I went Mysterio. Jessup Mysterio, but they can kind of go either way. Let's go Mysterio then Jessup. Okay, and then we would have Bane, Bane and the then Wet Bandits. The Wet, we ba- the Wet Bandits. That's a that's a list from ten to one or one to ten, depending on your fancy, of the biggest dick villains that we could think of. Yeah, I think that's a. I think it feels like we got a list. I absolutely concur. Do you want me to recap, or do you want want to do it? Why don't you let it rip, big dog? Okay. Number ten, the biggest dick villains out there. The Wet Bandits from Home Alone. (laughs) Number nine, Bane of the Dark Knight Rises. Number eight, (laughs) thank you. Number eight, Colonel Jessup up on that wall. Number seven, (laughs) Mysterioso, a.k.a. Mysterio, (laughs) a.k.a. Quentin Beck. I really hope AKA, he's in one. AKA. yeah, I really hope he's in one of these upcoming Spiderman. Movies. Oh, I'm rooting for it so hard. Even if he's just like the the training wheels villain, like the yes. uh, towards the beginning of the movie, like the Rhino, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Number six, Colonel Hans Landa of Inglorious Bastards. Number five, Steve Frizzelli from The Italian Job. Number four, Syndrome, your arch nemesis. Number three, Lucius will be the first to know. Malfoy, number two, Castor Troy, and number one, Edward Nigma, the, the Riddler. Nigma, that is it. Thanks, buddy. I, Thanks, buddy. I'm, I I'm like really glad we finally got the Riddler on the list. Yeah, I'm
0: <laughs> glad. I'm glad he's made his first appearance. He he'll be back. Absolutely. All right. Peace. Alrighty, friends. That was our top 10 for this week, but now we'd love to hear your top 10. So please check us out on all of our available social media outlets, traditional outlets, whatever outlets we have. Check us out on Twitter at Top10KM. That's all spelled out Top10KM. Our email, Top10KM, spelled the same way, at gmail.com, or our site top10km.podbean.com All forms of communication accepted, except for serial killer notes. Please don't send us any of those.
1: If you like the pod, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never have to miss an episode of Top 10 ever again. If you didn't like it, please tell us why. We'll try to make the show better. Our theme music was composed by Kevin McLeod, and our artwork was created by Erin Sant. You can check out her stuff at Sant Design on Instagram.
0: Alrighty, goons, we'll see you next week.